competitive consistency. That is a trait Herm Edwards said he wanted to see from his team the day he was hired to be the Sun Devils head coach, and by and large, Arizona State has exhibited that characteristic. All three of its Power 5 wins this year were gained thanks to fourth-quarter comebacks, resulting in a one-score or less win. Its lone loss of the season, and one that very well can come back to bite them down the road, was anything but a blowout. And going back to 2018, five of their six losses were one-score decisions. So the track record is certainly there. Sure, competitive consistency might be a nice way to state that you're resilient enough to overcome the odds that you're presented with almost each and every week, but is that going to be enough as the Sun Devils enter what figures to be the much tougher part of their 2019 schedule? In today's episode, we will, we will review the 38-34 win against Washington State, a very important Pac-12 win, and preview an epic Pac-12 South showdown in Salt Lake City on Saturday as ASU visits Utah. I know Sun Devil fans are already buckled up with all the wild rides they had to endure so far, but trust me, you probably want to tighten those seatbelts a little more because this ride called the 2019 season is only going to get bumpier from here on out. This is the Devil's Junkies Podcast. I was living in a devil town. I didn't know it was a devil town. Oh, Lord, it really brings me down about the devil town. Welcome to the Devil's Junkies Podcast. I'm your host and devilsdigest.com publisher, Hoda Bino. Thanks for joining us. I don't even think Herm Edwards was joking after the 38-34 win against Washington State when he said that his players are going to give him a heart attack. It was definitely an exciting game, to say the least. And whether it was par for the course or not, when it comes to Arizona State's wins this year, it was definitely another exciting affair where the Sun Devils some way, somehow, find a way to pull out a precious conference win. It was once again a stout Performance in the fourth quarter by the defense that set up freshman quarterback Jaden Daniels, who earlier on Monday was voted for the third time this year as freshman of the week in the Pac-12. And Daniels went on to what he does best, and that is engineer his a game-winning drive, which happens to be his third in the last four contests. And the icing on the cake, if you will, of this scoring drive was Daniels himself scoring from 17 yards out on a run where he helicoptered in. I guess that's what they're calling him getting twisted midair as he launched into the end zone to score the last points of the game. It was certainly a peculiar performance by the offense who was actually shut out in the first quarter, having only 23 yards of total offense in that frame. But at the end of the game, the stat sheet showed him collecting 532 total yards and Jaden Daniels having an absolute career day all across the board with his 363 yards, three touchdown passes, and to me, what probably the most impressive stat is establishing a career-high 72% completion percentage. I definitely have no illusions that Arizona State played one of the worst defensive teams it will face all year long, but nonetheless, and not to belabor the point here, but when you talk about the resiliency, when you talk about the competitive consistency of this team, it definitely dug itself a hole in the first quarter, and it was able to dig out of it quite nicely. And Jenny Daniels is obviously a huge reason for that. There was so much made of all the turmoil in Pullman because literally 
a week and a half, probably even a little less before kickoff. Washington State's defensive coordinator resigned his position. The Cougars were coming off of two losses where the defense gave up over 100 points and 980 yards in those two contests. Nonetheless, we saw a very inspired Cougars defense, and I think it was not felt anywhere else more than at the line of scrimmage. Arizona State could not pass protect, gave up three sacks in that period alone. Arizona State was not able to establish its ground attack against a run defense that is ranked 11th in the Pac-12. Those were definitely disappointing factors early in the game. Luckily for ASU, they ultimately were nothing but footnotes and distant memories. Offensive coordinator Rob Likens talked about his quote-unquote normal pass protections not being as effective as he expected them to be. He did change things around after that first quarter, and voila, Jaden Daniels in that quarter alone was 8 of 14 for 203 yards and two touchdowns. Another career high for Jaden Daniels was established in that second quarter where he found Wide receiver Brandon Ayuk for an 86-yard touchdown reception. Now, granted, Brandon Ayuk uh, probably ran some 60 or so yards after the catch, but nonetheless, the quarterback-wide receiver connection between those two individuals was quite strong on Saturday and really ignites in the imagination, if you will, how much more Jane Daniels and Brandon Ayuk can accomplish together later on in the season. Brandon Ayuk with absolute monster day, needless to say, a career high too. Seven receptions, 196 yards, and three touchdowns. And for people who did not think that Brandon Ayuk could adequately replace Nikhil Harry, who was drafted by the New England Patriots in the first round, I think that that theory is proving to be untrue each and every week, and this last Saturday definitely provided the strongest evidence. Think about it this way. Through six games, Brandon Ayuk has now collected 651 yards for an average of 108.5 yards, scoring five touchdowns. So it means that he's on pace to score 10 touchdowns and surpass the 1,300-yard mark. Now, when you compare that to Nikhil Harry, Last year, he posted only 481 yards and five touchdowns after five games, and for the entire season, he tallied 1,088 yards, averaging 90.7 yards a game. So, Brandon Ayuk, I'm not here to state that he's a better wide receiver than Nikhil Harry, but in terms of replacing his production, I think he's making a very, very strong case that he's capable of doing that, and I... Definitely of one of the beat writers that went on record in the preseason saying that I believed that Brennan Ayuk, at the very least, could come very, very close to replacing that Nikhil Harry production. And looks like even somebody like myself, who was pretty optimistic about that proposition, might be proved wrong just because Brennan Ayuk is in excellent position to surpass those numbers. And naturally, when you have such a strong presence in the passing game and such a talented running back, in your backfield, that opens up the gates that much more for ASU's ground attack, who really went off in the second half. You know, Benjamin had, in the last two quarters alone, 103 rushing yards. What's really most impressive, that probably didn't get talked about a lot after the game, that he was able to gain 137 yards 
in only 19 carries. So really keeping his numbers low in that department, something the coach has definitely set as a goal in the beginning of the season. So low number of carries and a very respectable number of yards all translates to 7.2 yards average. But more importantly, at least in my eyes, Eno Benjamin did not lose even one yard with with all his rushing efforts. Now, again, you can talk about one of the weakest run defenses Arizona State is going to face in 2019. I, I fully get that, fully acknowledge that. But nonetheless, you think somebody carries the ball 19 times is going to lose a yard here or there. Still have a very productive day, a successful idea, but still lose a yard here and there. No dice with, you know, Benjamin, an absolute great performance, which probably was overshadowed some with the play of Jaden Daniels and Brandon Ayuk. But nonetheless, it was definitely a big, big game for the Arizona State Junior. Now, some may point to the 32-yard run that Eno Benjamin had on a fourth-and-one play, no less, at a point of the game where it seemed as if the contest would get away from Arizona State. The third quarter, Washington State was absolutely dominating on offense, had scoring drives of 92 and 91 yards, and really seemed like this game was going to be put to bed and not in a positive sense for the host. But Eno Benjamin scored on that 32-yard run just to keep matters at arm's length. Again, competitive consistency, right? But I thought that Eno Benjamin's biggest feat might have been in that scoring drive for Arizona State where he actually registered uh, four receptions for 30 yards by himself during that scoring drive. And that is something that definitely was huge in moving the chains to the eventual Jaden Daniels 17-yard run, which sealed the deal for ASU on Saturday afternoon in Sun Devil Stadium. Rob Likens called Jaden Daniels' performance pure greatness, and I think that's quite the understatement when you talk about what this true freshman is able to accomplish and really, really, really what he's been able to accomplish all year long. I mean, right now he's top 20 in passing yards among all FBS quarterbacks, number two in the Pac-12 in that category. True freshman, especially a quarterback, should not have so much instant success as Jenny Daniels is able to achieve uh, so far. So when you look back at this performance from an offensive perspective, maybe it was the game we all expected this ASU offense to finally have, to finally explode on an opponent that, as mentioned, even though played pretty inspired football, especially in the first quarter, was still, at the end of the day, a unit that definitely had a lot of deficiencies and shortcomings at Arizona State, while took them a little time to achieve that, were able to exploit all those deficiencies that Washington State exhibited on that side of the ball. And I don't think you should take for granted Arizona State scoring 38 points and posting 532 yards of offense. Definitely should not be taken granted when you have, at times, four and five true freshmen on the field for this Arizona State offense, which again had to dig itself from a pretty deep hole, I would say, in the first quarter 
And when you don't have that much veteran leadership or that many veterans, period, to really carry you to do that, I think that makes the achievements of the offense this last Saturday afternoon that much more impressive. And truth be told that a lot of what the Arizona State offense was able to accomplish on Saturday could not have come without the defense who once again came up clutch when ASU needed it the most. Coming into the Washington State game, there definitely was a high apprehension level from a defensive standpoint because, after all, you're facing a Mike Leach air raid offense, which was putting up per usual video game numbers on that side of the ball. And furthermore, due to the fact that Arizona State did not do well at all against a Colorado team who might be struggling in the last few weeks, but nonetheless is a very potent offensive team, definitely was at the time when they visited Sun Devil Stadium, where they scored 34 points and posted 475 yards of total offense that night. And due to all those factors, there really was no way to gauge how well Arizona State was going to face this vaunted offensive Cougar squad and sure enough, they jump to a 10 nothing lead, and you're thinking that it's going to be a long day in the office for the Sun Devils in this contest. Now, even though the game against Colorado did result in the lone loss so far for Arizona State, the Arizona State defense did prove in that contest that it can get punched in the mouth, but is able to regroup effectively after that initial blow. And this game against Washington State really was no different. I know everybody's going to talk about the unbelievable performance in the fourth quarter, and that is definitely worth noting, and we'll definitely touch on that. But I think that somewhat get, getting lost in the mix is the fact that when Washington State was driving down the field for likely what was going to be their last possession of the first half, that Arizona State was able to stop that. And when the ASU offense was handing the ball back, they were able to drive and score a field goal with no time remaining in the first half and really give themselves some kind of momentum going into the second half of this game. As I mentioned earlier, the defense wasn't able to really capitalize on the momentum at all in the third quarter because Washington State scored 14 points, as I mentioned, on drives of 91 and 92 yards just really shoving the ball down the throat of ASU. And you thought that the fourth quarter would be probably more the same, seeing that the Cougars were able to, in a sense, even be more successful in the second half than they were in the first. But here comes the fourth quarter. Arizona State is able to make the probably most effective adjustments of the entire game what defensive coordinator Danny Gonzalez described as really disrupting the wide receivers more than really disrupting the quarterback himself. I mean, Anthony Gordon had time to throw the ball, but just because of the coverages that Arizona State was able to disguise, 
he wasn't able to be as effective in that frame. Arizona State, for long stretches of that contest, was lining up with only two defensive linemen, six defensive backs, basically daring Washington State to run the ball. And I think that looking back, the coaches of that team are going to see that they did themselves a disservice by not trying to run the ball more than they did. They only had 10 rushing attempts, which, again, with the alignments that Arizona State was presenting, that is definitely a big head-scratcher right there. So in the fourth quarter, Arizona State limits Washington State to 77 yards and three points. Again, when you face an offense like that, those numbers are nearly unheard of, no matter how good the defense facing this Washington State offense is. And I think that no matter how this season ultimately unfolds for Arizona State, when you look at the greatest defensive performance that they were able to display in 2019, the fourth quarter against Washington State is a guarantee to be in the top three, maybe even be considered the best performance we've seen all year long from this side of the ball for the Sun Devils. Now, granted, I think the one element that is still disturbing after this game and really an element that has not been anything even close to being a strength of the Arizona State defense is the lack of pass rush. We did see some improvement when Arizona State did face Cal right before the bye week, so I thought that that was an encouraging sign coming into the Washington State game, but Arizona State was not able to record a sack. Quarterback Anthony Gordon, like I said, had infinite amount of times for really most of the contest to find find his receivers. And when you look at the numbers that he posted, uh, 44 out of 64 pass attempts, 466 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He really was not under duress at all, except maybe late in the fourth quarter on that last uh desperation drive by Washington State to try to win the game with a Hail Mary play. So the pass rush is definitely an element that we're going to have to keep a close eye on in the weeks to come. We'll talk more about the matchup later on with Utah, but I think that is one aspect of that duel that really does not bode in favor for Arizona State. Utah has a very stout offensive line to begin with. And Arizona State's defensive line, in its own right, is probably the weakest link, definitely on this side of the ball, maybe on the entire Arizona State team. And that is something that is definitely troubling. And they kind of got away with it against a team like Washington State. But you just wonder, with teams like Utah, Oregon, I would even throw USC in the mix over there later in the season, does that deficiency really come back to haunt you as you're trying to win the games against those teams later on. So kudos to Danny Gonzalez, who was able to some way, somehow overcome that deficiency, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, He called the third quarter a destructive one, but the last quarter of the game, he definitely came out big with the scheme that he was able to uh, dial up and just squeeze out every remaining outs of talent that he had at the time on the field to come up and disrupt Washington State just enough to come away with the victory or at least set up 
the Arizona State offense for what would be a game-winning drive. One player that uh, did come under fire for the Arizona State defense was junior defensive back Jack Jones. And it's one of those cases where you can look at the stats and some of them are pleasing, some of them are troubling. But overall, uh, Jack Jones is a player that did have himself a pretty good game, even though some of the numbers, like I said, are not flattering at all. Uh, He was uh, targeted 23 times. He allowed 16 catches for 184 yards and a touchdown, gave up 81 yards after the catch. But at the same time, the uh, defensive rating he got from uh, pro football focus was his third best of the year. He only missed one tackle. He led Arizona State with 11 total tackles, which is a career high for him, as were the five pass breakups. And one of them did take place on the final drive. So I don't know why Washington State was picking on Jack Jones, and maybe they found success in most cases. But at the end of the day, I think that Jack Jones was definitely one of the better players on the field for Arizona State. And again, the stat sheet doesn't really paint a pretty picture most of the time. But I think when you just go into the intricacies of the game itself, the nuances of playing a position such as Jones against such a incredible explosive offense like Washington State, I think all those factors have to, have to be taken in consideration. And Jack Jones, who didn't always receive the help he was supposed to get from his fellow safeties, as Danny Gonzalez described after the game, I think uh, definitely had one of the better performances we've seen in a while from an Arizona State defensive back. I think the most interesting comments from Gonzalez after the game was the fact that a very young group, and I know that people may be sick and tired of hearing how young this Arizona State team is, but that's the reality of the 2019 Sun Devils. And you are going to have the growing pains with such a group. You are going to have a learning curve that can be at times very vicious and very sharp. But nonetheless, Gonzalez talked about the poise that they showed down the stretch, the willingness to be coached, not even worrying about what the ACU offense was doing on the field, but being so focused and so locked in to make those crucial stops in the fourth quarter and really taking to coaching. And that's something that Gonzalez is really impressed with, really pleased with, and just having that growing up in front of our eyes moment when it comes to the Arizona State defense for that to take place in such an important part of the game had to be really, really pleasing. So you give credit, I think, for Herm Edwards, the head coach, for allowing Gonzalez to employ a scheme that really was a departure from what Arizona State did in weeks prior. Obviously, having the bye week definitely gives you the leeway, or I should say the bandwidth, to start working on such a scheme. And Danny Gonzalez, uh, for the most part, was able to utilize that scheme quite well for Arizona State. The results really speak for themselves. Like, as mentioned, great, great performance in the fourth quarter, and I thought even late in the second quarter also had a pretty important uh, stop right there as well. Again, I mean, you can look at the stats, and and they definitely don't paint a uh, pretty picture if you want to evaluate the Arizona State defense from that standpoint. But the bottom line is that uh, this game goes into the W column, and the Arizona State defense 
definitely had a huge part in that on Saturday afternoon. But there's certainly no rest for the weary, not for the Arizona State defense, not for the entire team as a whole, as they head over to Salt Lake City for a very tough, challenging road matchup against Utah, which we'll talk about next. Both Arizona State and Utah sport identical 5-1 overall records, 2-1 in Pac-12 play. You can make the case for the Sun Devils that this is somewhat of a surprise to see them post this midseason mark. But when you look at their opponent this weekend, Utah, that mark is definitely not an astonishment by any means. I think there were very high expectations placed on the Utes. In the preseason, and by and large, they're fulfilling those. They obviously feel that the game that they lost to USC in the Coliseum, 30-23, to is a game that they definitely would love to have back. And that's basically the only difference between them and a perfect record right now. And Utah obviously seeing the struggles of USC as of late, probably not viewing that defeat in Los Angeles as a quality defeat or anything that would match that description. I think uh, the biggest difference that I see between last year's Utah's team and this year is really the play of their quarterback, Tyler Hundley. A signal caller that, for one reason or another, has really struggled against Arizona State. But uh, I'm really curious to see if, if the Sun Devils are truly his kryptonite this Saturday in Salt Lake City, or... The overall fine performance he's having so far is just going to be continued against Arizona State despite the past history that he's had. Tyler Hundley right now uh, is 99 of 131, 75.6 uh, uh, completion percentage, 1,393 yards passing, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, was only sacked, I believe, four times so far this year. And... To have uh, him play at such a high level when you already have at your disposal one of the best running backs in the Pac-12, Zach Moss, who is averaging uh, 102 yards a game, already scored six touchdowns, I feel that really is the, has all the makings of a very balanced and potent offense for the youths. Uh, no surprise to see them in a conference that is naturally known for its explosive offenses being ranked number three, averaging 467 yards a game, and topping the conference in overall rushing yards with 1,373. So the Arizona State defense is once again going to have his hands full facing an opponent that has uh, shown all throughout the season that they are very, very capable of, of, of putting points on the board and really making proposing defenses' lives that much more miserable. I know that there's only so much you can uh, glean from beating a team like Oregon State 52-7, to but the fact that Utah did that on the road 
and just dominated from the opening kickoff until until the final whistle uh, is definitely something that has caught the attention of Arizona State without a doubt. And the challenge that lies ahead for the Arizona State defense might be very different in nature compared to Washington State team that really had no interest in running the ball. And with Utah, that's obviously the straw that stirs the drink. And Tyler Huntley in the passing game are definitely taking full advantage of that very effective ground attack for the Utes to take their passing game to a much higher level and something they really haven't accustomed to see in the last few years from this Utah offense. So really curious to see how the ASU defense is able to withstand this challenge, let alone it taking place on the road in what should be a very rainy and fairly cold conditions that are only going to require the ASU defense to be that more effective in their performance. I think if there's any sense of comfort here is that the Arizona State defense has played fairly well on the road at Michigan State and at Cal. And even though those are two teams that may not have the same level of defense as Utah, but definitely aren't slouches in that regard by any means, I think what makes this challenge different is, again, the fact that the offense for Utah is much better than the offense for Michigan State and much better for the offense for Cal. And again, just the balance that they do have to face uh, is maybe much different than anything they've seen uh, so far. I just feel that even a team like Colorado really did more damage on the air than did on the ground. And not that that we're not able to run the ball on Arizona State, but really it was their aerial attack that gave Arizona State a lot of problems that night. And with Utah, it's really going to be pick your poison if you want Tyler Hundley to punish you with his arm because, again, he's just a much different quarterback this year. Or just the bread and butter of this offense, the running game with Zach Moss leading the way. Uh, how much uh, are you able to counter what Utah is going to present in that vein? And if the Utah offense wasn't daunting enough with the numbers they're putting up and just the overall play, then their defense might be even a little more concerning or maybe a lot more concerning than than the offense. You're looking at a a squad that yields only 13 points on average, already has eight interceptions on the year, is allowing teams to run 52 yards on average. That's just an incredible number right there. Um, they already have 10 sacks on the year and already scored three defensive touchdowns in six games. So, uh, I mean, just when you talk about a wild factor, uh, the, this Utah defense uh, has quite a bit of it. And it's no secret that Arizona State being able to dismantle Utah last year, 38-20, to 20, in Sunnil Stadium, was in large part to the fact that here he had one of the best rushing defenses in the country, certainly in the Pac-12. And, you know, Benjamin and, and the Arizona State Sun Devils were able to to run quite well against that defense. I don't know if there's going to be a repeat performance or not of that feat, but I have no doubt in my mind that Arizona State will have to accomplish, if not the same, pretty much close to it to have a chance to win this game. I think that 
the weakness of this Utah defense is going to be in their secondary. Not that they haven't not been opportunistic, as I mentioned, already have eight interceptions on the year. But I think the Arizona State offense will gladly take its chances more in the air than they will on the ground. And maybe if they find that success with their passing game, that can loosen up the Utah defense and possibly open some more wider gaps for, for, you know, Benjamin and the ground attack to perform. But either way, I think that the Arizona state offense is definitely gonna have to be prepared for another grind out game. Not that much different than what they had against Cal and what they had against Michigan state, both games on the road, obviously. I really think this would be an almost copy and paste scenario, if you will, for the Arizona state offense. I'll have my prediction later on in the week uh, concerning this game, but just wanted to talk about some of the key elements that are going to shape uh, this contest. Again, a huge te- test for Arizona State. So the competitive consistency that Herm Edwards talks about, the poise of this young team that the various coaches discuss, have to be in the traveling bags to Salt Lake City for Arizona State to have any chance to come away victorious and win their third road game of the year, and also the third time they're going to beat a ranked team away from the friendly confines of Sun Devil Stadium. So this is uh, definitely a contest where Arizona State, one way or another, stands to make a pretty resounding statement about what kind of team we can expect the rest of the way in 2019. And that'll do it for this week's episode of the Devil's Junkies podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure that uh, you log on to my website, devilsdigest.com. Lots of post-game content from the Washington uh, State game. And obviously starting today already, we have content previewing the big Pac-12 showdown in Utah this Saturday. We will have our film study analyzing this Utah defense and the challenges it's going to present for the Arizona State offense. On Saturday, we'll also talk to an insider that covers the Utes, uh, see uh, what are some of the different elements of that team and just of their scheme that Arizona State fans should be aware of ahead of Saturday's game. And obviously, interviews and videos from ASU players and coaches some of that content is going to be premium, and this is why I would encourage you, if you're not already, be a subscriber for devilsdigest.com so you can get all the content 100% from myself and my staff this week and obviously for the rest of the season for the Sun Devils. So thanks again for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we will air our next podcast after the Utah game. I was living in a devil town. Didn't know it was a devil town Oh Lord, it really brings me down About the devil town